Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is John 6, 1 through 21. Have you ever set out to cook something or bake something only to realize that you don't have all the ingredients that you're going to need? And so then you start scrambling. Maybe you have to make another run to the grocery store or you start digging around the pantry to see if you have a suitable substitute. And maybe you just get frustrated that this isn't working out like you thought that it would. Well, sometimes life can feel like that. Life can feel like I'm uh, a couple ingredients short of putting this together in the way that would please me. And especially when we think about things from our own perspective, viewing our uh, abilities or our the amount of time that we have or the amount of resources we have, uh, it can feel difficult to do the things that we desire to do. Well, John 6, 1 through 21 is going to speak to that and even give us some very helpful and clarifying things as we think through that. Uh, John 6, 1 through 21 tells the story of two miracles that we've already seen. One is the, the miracle that is recorded in all four gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. And then again, we'll see Jesus walking on the water. Now, at the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus, he's surrounded by this large crowd. And in verse 5, he says, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this. This, I think, is a very key verse in this first section. Verse 6, he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So Jesus already knows what he's going to do, but he asks Philip about buying bread simply to test him. And that's where I think we need to realize so many of those times where we feel a few ingredients short. I mean, um, Philip there, he felt more than a few ingredients short. He probably felt like thousands of ingredients short. Simply, they did not have enough food to feed so many. You are going to feel like that in your life. You're going to be in a situation where you feel like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough um, resources to do whatever this is that is in front of me. And that's where we need to shift our perspective on how we view those things. I mean, consider James 1 as it reminds us, count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. Um, we should view things through that lens. When, when we feel like there is not enough, we should say, hmm, God already knows what he's going to do. Uh, and we should respond in a way that passes that test. What, what would be ways that pass that test? When you feel like there is not enough um, to do something in your life, what would be a way that passes that test? Well, I think two things come to mind. The first would be trust, that we would have a confidence 
God is going to provide. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust that God knows what he's doing. God already knows what he's going to do and he will provide. And then the, the second would be dependence, that then we would depend on God through prayer and with our attitudes that we have confidence that God will provide, but we're not just going to take that for granted. We are going to ask God for what we need. And again, the context here is Jesus asking Philip to do something. Again, in our uh, culture and where there's so much emphasis, unfortunately, in our culture on this idea of a prosperity gospel and health and wealth and really reducing Jesus to kind of be your personal servant. Um, And in all of his power, he's just going to part all the waves for you and the oceans for you, move all the mountains for you so you can accomplish your dreams and become a better you. That is not the point of the Bible. I think we need to view our lives as service to our king. Even think of how Paul identified himself as a slave. I am a servant of the master. And when he calls me to do something, there will be times where from my own perspective, it doesn't feel like I have enough time, energy, or resources to do what he is calling me to do. And in those situations, I need to trust him. So change your perspective. And again, I think our focus should be not just my own personal hopes and dreams or just my family or my business, but really I am here to serve Christ. And so that may include my family or my business because I'm viewing those as uh, areas to serve Christ, but I need to view things from his perspective, not merely mine. And even just that idea, again, let's make sure that Jesus is at the center of all this, not ourselves, uh, kind of brings us to the end of the passage. And one, Jesus makes a point to his disciples, how many baskets do they gather up? Twelve, one for each disciple. So hopefully they, they get this picture of, trust me, I know what I'm doing, I can provide. And that's something that we need to hear as well. But notice at the end, there's some very important things at the end of the account of the feeding of the 5,000 in John, verse 14, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Now that's a true statement. That was Jesus. They are starting to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. But then look at what they go on to do, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king. Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. You see there in the response of the people something flawed. They want to make Jesus king, I think really for their own purposes, instead of submitting to Jesus as king for his purpose. And again, that speaks, I think, to so much of the confusion around what it means to be a Christian in our culture. I think a lot of what goes on even in Christian churches or books or sometimes music, it really does reduce God to this one who's going to come in and make our lives better. It makes him, oh yeah, he's a king, but he's a king that is here to accomplish our purposes, which I think is a very similar mindset to what is expressed here by the people instead of a submission to the king for his 
purpose. He is the king. We are not. So even this whole idea that we're seeing from this one, there's a shortage of time or money or resources or whatever it may be that you feel to do something in your life. What is the point of your life? Is it to serve the king? Or is it really just to accomplish your own purposes and kind of bring Jesus in as your servant? Who's the king and who's the servant here? We need to never forget that. And we need to trust Christ. I hope that whatever you're going through today, you might realize, wait a minute, God already knows what he's going to do. I'm being tested. And so I want to count this joy. I want to have an attitude of confidence and trust in God. And I want to depend on him, actively expressing that dependence on him through prayer. And then we get to the second part, kind of the second scene in this chapter where Jesus walks on the water. And this doesn't give us all the extra details of um, Peter coming out and walking on the water with him, uh, but it says they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And those are words I think that should translate even today to us. If we know Jesus and if Jesus is with us, we have no reason to fear. And there again, I think of when when hard things happen in our life, God already knows what he is going to do. But he is testing us. And I think one of the ways he tests us is, are we going to be afraid or are we going to trust him? So here we are seeing some things, again, that speak to the identity of Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the prophet who is to come into the world. Are we going to trust him or not? And that trust will start with submission. Are we going to admit he is the king and I am not, and I will bow to the king. But now I also, I want to live my life for him. And when I am doing that and feel that I don't know if I have enough time or energy or resources to do what he is calling me to do, I am going to trust him. And that gets me to think of just so many stories you hear throughout church history. I think of missionaries or people like George Mueller. I even think of our sending church and how they have now sent out several times pastors who were a big part of their church and several families along with that pastor and and making a great financial commitment to a new church. I mean, if you look at all that from a human level, it, it doesn't make sense, but it's an act of faith, trusting God, doing what he has called us to do that I have personally seen God bless. And that's where we need to, in our own lives, trust God, do what he is calling us to do and trust that he will provide. He already knows what he is going to do. We have all the ingredients that we need and we can trust that God will provide whatever else it is that we think we need. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.